Welcome to Living a Better Life podcast with your host, Madeline Golick. This is a weekly podcast exploring a variety of topics on how you can live a better life, not just physically, but in all aspects of what it means to be human living in a modern world. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not replace professional or medical advice. This podcast is sponsored by Ecophysiotherapy, where their mission is to educate, empower, and rehabilitate you back to health. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. And welcome to our wonderful listeners to the next episode of the Living a Better Life podcast. In this podcast, we will be exploring yoga, prenatal yoga, and what a doula does to help support moms-to-be and new moms. Our guest today is Angela Jackson. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So I figure the best place, actually, the first question I want to ask is, did the yoga come first or did the doula come first? Yeah, so uh, yoga came first. Um, I actually have a degree in finance and economics, and I worked in logistics for 10 years. So it was after my two children were born that um, I decided to make a massive career change. I was just feeling, feeling unfulfilled. And uh, I did really enjoy yoga, especially during pregnancy. So I decided to do my training. Um, and I felt that in my pregnancies, there weren't a lot of supports in my community that were positive. So a lot of times in pregnancy, everybody's talking about how uncomfortable they are, how they don't feel good, how they're not looking forward to giving birth. And I thought if I create this community that's positive and supportive and uplifting through yoga, then perhaps I can change that a little bit. So then the doula stuff came out of my students saying, I feel so good in class. You, you know, the way you support me and the way you speak to me makes me feel so relaxed. Can you be at my birth? So I started attending births and I had previously been to my sister's second birth. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, it didn't, nothing about it bothered me. I was in awe at what the female body could do and um, watching baby emerge. It was all very exciting to me. So I started to say yes to my students. And then just over the last two years, I made that more formal. So I did my doula training through Doula Training Canada. Um, and my yoga students embraced it right away. I was really fortunate. They were asking me to be at their births or to support them in home right away. So um, ever since then, I've been um, juggling both. Amazing. Yeah. I, I always love to hear people's backstories about, um, you know, how they changed and went from one thing that was sort of unfulfilling uh, and went into this new phase, which I'm sure was kind of scary to make that transition. And yet here you are, you know, helping and supporting and creating a community that you had a vision of. Mm -hmm. So it, it's just amazing to see that. Uh, so I was flipping through um, your website and I was kind of like reading up a little bit, reading up a little bit on you. And, uh, and I, I read something about being a rugby coach and I was like, kind of random and like yeah. out there. Um, so I figured, you know what, for fun, I would just ask you a little bit about 
how did you get into that? Do you still yeah. do it? <laughs> so I used to play rugby. Um, I started when I was in high school. Um, I had lots of male friends who were playing and I started to watch it. And I was interested in this sport that looked like a lot of fun. You get to tackle people and be rough. And so I requested that the school offer it for the female. So we started a girls team way back in the early 90s. Prior to that, I had played a few sports and I had done competitive dance, but rugby to me was like this super fun thing with a bunch of girls that became your best friends. And so I played all the way through university and beyond, and now my children play, so I coach them. Um, I have a son and a daughter, and I coach my daughter's team, so it's a bunch of uh, 11, 12, and 13-year-old girls. So it's a blast. I really enjoy it. It's super fun. Yeah, I, I had to ask about it because it's it's not a common type of uh, sport. And how interesting that uh, you know you you're, you you gain uh, excitement and pleasure from tackling people, and then on the flip side, helping women bring new people. It, it's just a nice contrast. Yeah, I'm not judging. I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu, <laughs> and I look forward to choking and rolling around and tackling as well. So I got, I got nothing to say about that. Yeah, I call uh, myself the coach, right? So a, a yoga coach, a birth coach, and a rugby coach. <laughs> it's amazing. It's good to have an eclectic, uh, you know, a variety of interests that helps inform different body movements, different positions, different ways of thinking. Mm. Um, I think it adds a unique flavor to um, who we are and how we approach others. So Exactly. <laughs> so I was also reading that you trained in Hatha yoga hmm. and I'm going to play, well, I'm not going to play. I'm going to admit total ignorance <laughs> uh, in terms of like really understanding, you know, the different types of yoga. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about what Hatha yoga is mm -hmm. and if somebody attended a Hatha yoga class, like what might they expect that class to look like? Sure. So it's really just the physical postures that we know in the Western world to be yoga. So all styles of yoga that we practice in terms of movement is um, born from Hatha yoga. So it's um, sometimes used to describe a class and maybe it's a class that's not going to flow in and out of poses as quickly. So holding poses, breathing, um, uh, you know, I sort of have a, maybe a hybrid way of teaching based on my background in athletics and strength training. So my class would be a little bit more strength focused, but still from the Hatha tradition. Um, so it's a great starting point if you've never done yoga before, and you want to learn the poses and learn alignment and things like that. That's the type of class I would recommend over something that's um, termed vinyasa or flow or power, where you're moving a little bit faster in and out and not holding the poses as long. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that. No um, so you started in the yoga. When, like, when did prenatal and postnatal yoga train, like when did teaching it come in? And can you talk a little bit about the training uh, that you had to do to sort of be able to provide that? 
Mm -hmm. So I pretty much started, um, when I started teaching, I started two ways. I started teaching athletes because that's what I was comfortable with. So I worked with a lot of um, professional and amateur hockey, rugby, soccer players and runners. Um, but then I also had the prenatal piece, which I went into immediately because that was sort of always my ultimate goal was to provide that um, community space for pregnancy, but also postnatally. So giving um, people a chance to come back together after baby's born and support each other and move their bodies. Um, so that happened almost immediately. And um, those classes, uh, for me, I feel like the word got out, people started showing up, telling their friends, bringing their friends. Um, and I never really looked at it as just being a part of my yoga training. So I immediately wanted to know, you know, how is birth, um, going to benefit from a yoga practice? So I studied everything to do with birth, everything to do with postpartum, um, also incorporating my own experiences. And then once I started attending births, you know, looking at what worked during this birth and how can I take that back and make it a part of my prenatal yoga class. So I believe it's really important that if you're teaching that demographic, you need to know about pregnancy. You need to know about the bodies, contraindications, how to support um, women who are having maybe slight complications or anything that's out of the norm. Um, so that is really important to me. And I, I feel like I'm always learning. I'm always a student. I'm always reading. Things are changing. Um, so I want to stand up in front of a class of pregnant women and feel confident in what I'm sharing. And they are trusting me with their bodies at a really special time and a really fragile time. Absolutely. So how might a prenatal yoga class differ from a regular yoga class? Yeah, that's a good question. So there are lots of different sort of philosophies or style of teaching. Um, my personal style of teaching a prenatal yoga class is that it's still um, quite physical and strength-based because I believe you have to prepare the body um, for birth. But also I always tell uh, my students that you're also preparing for parenthood. So holding a baby, carrying around a car seat, lugging around a diaper bag, that all requires strength and stamina. So we still do um, a lot of standing postures, balance, and sun salutations, but there's always the element that I weave through of connection to yourself, changing body, connection to your baby, and also sort of getting your mind prepared for birth, which is a physical challenge and transformation, whether it's a belly birth or a vaginal birth. Um, and then, of course, preparing for parenthood and using some of our yoga tools like our breathing and our ability to ground. Um, so I think that is a little bit different from a regular class because you're always coming back to the changing body and the growing baby. Um, and you can get sort of that spiritual and um, energetic element from a regular class. But just the cueing and the wording um, is a little bit different. So obviously preparing for a birth is very different than after birth. So how might a postnatal yoga class look like? How might that be different than a regular or even a prenatal class? Mm -hmm. Well, oftentimes the babies are there. So that's very different because <laughs> it becomes a little bit more playful um, and they're watching us and they're learning. Um, it's definitely louder. But um, in terms of recovery, it's really important. Um, I think that new parents, we're so focused on caring for our babies that 
we're not even often checked in with how we're feeling. So we always start the class just doing a body scan. Um, and sometimes moms and dads who also attend class, but um, find that um, they're really not connected to their own bodies anymore. And they're changing all the time still. So um, understanding sort of that we're still healing and maybe we can't necessarily do the things that we did pre-baby right away, but that our bodies are still doing amazing things, recovering and caring for our baby. So um, maybe a little bit gentler and strengthening gradually, um, but also trying to undo the posture of holding a baby all the time, you know, pulling the shoulders back, thinking about our posture just in general so that our core can um, rehabilitate, get stronger, you know, our pelvis is going to tilt back into more of a posterior position. So what does that feel like? Um, and sort of getting out of the habits that maybe we've accumulated because we're tired and we're not moving optimally. So you've already kind of touched upon a, a couple of benefits of, um, you know, doing yoga, you know, in preparation for labor and birth, such as like, it's a, you're right. It's a physical, like it's a physical activity, yeah. you know, trying to help baby out. And, and I, you know, there's research to show that being strong and exercising, um, during pregnancy, you know, helps optimize that, um, that labor and birth. Are there any other benefits that you, uh, that are maybe more subtle, um, that may help a woman prepare for birth and the laboring journey through yoga? Yes, absolutely. So um, I could probably talk about this for days, <laughs> but um, if you just think about the breath work and the nervous system and all these things we do in a yoga class to calm us, that all has an amazing effect on us, but also our baby. So all the good hormones get passed through the placenta to baby. Um, so when we have these tools available to us, so when, when my mind starts to race, when I fear... Feel fearful or doubtful, or start to you know question if I can do this. Um, it teaches us this sort of self discovery to go inside and to dig deep and to have sort of that mental toughness to say I can do this. Um, and I maybe I just need to ground and take a breath and sort of take a step back. Um, we learn in a yoga class non-attachment, so not attaching to the strong sensations that we're feeling during birth and knowing that they're temporary. So understanding that, you know, a contraction is only going to last for a minute or two, and then I'm going to have a break. And this is not a permanent situation. So once my baby is born, um, I'm going to get out of this sense of um, perhaps pain or being out of control. So we always, I always come back in a yoga class to yoga philosophy and how that relates to birth. And then reminding my students that this yoga practice that we do on our mats, it's not meant to be an isolation of our lives. So whether that's birth, whether that's, you know, dealing with a, a crying baby or being up late at night, um, feeding our, our child, we can always come back to these things and know that this, you know, the state of exhaustion is temporary. My baby crying is temporary. Let's take a few deep breaths. Let's feel our feet. Let's, you know, calm ourselves down. So, um, yeah, I feel like birth, yoga, parenthood, it can all be intertwined and weave together. Absolutely. And I mean, in my, 
you know, lessons. So I, I also offer pre prenatal assessments. Like we go over, you know, breathing. I mean, I'm perhaps a little bit more talking, you know, about what pain is and pain neuroscience, because there's a lot of fear centered around unpleasant sensations. But, you know, I actually love what you said about that non-attachment piece that, um, you know, it's an intense, you're going to experience intense sensations. Some of them may be unpleasant, uh, although they don't necessarily mean tissue damage. They don't necessarily mean something bad is happening or something wrong is happening. It's just an intense experience of bringing life into this world. And if we can use breath work and grounding from a nervous system, right, it's going to reduce that fight or flight. Hmm. which will reduce muscle tension. We don't want to be tense trying to get a baby through. And I think these techniques are underutilized to really help um, relax the body and kind of go with what the body wants to do rather than resist. Right. And I think the resistance comes from the attachment. Right. Yeah. And it could be also just your conditioning. So, you know, a lot of times... People ask me, well, why prenatal yoga and why not, you know, my CrossFit class or my boot camp class? And I think the difference is that we have to be able to open up. We have to be able to be supple and soft and let go and release and maybe all that strength work. And you know this as a pelvic floor physiotherapist, all that strength work can actually be working against baby, can be working against our bodies. So it's a balance of getting stronger, but then also being able to let go and to have that body awareness and that mindfulness that in that moment, this is what my body needs to do. And I'm safe and I'm okay and everything's going to be fine. Um, So it's, you know, my classes can be, uh, my prenatal classes can be physical, but then we always end with some restorative like poses where we're propped up, we're relaxed, the lights are dimmed, candles are on, the music is soft, where people can just breathe. And that's their moment to then um, let go of everything, right? Whether it's um, emotional stress, physical tension, um, past trauma, whatever it is that each person brings to the table, then they can then shift into that more, um, you know, uh, supported mode. Absolutely. And, th- you know, my teaching when it relates to, you know, pelvic floor muscle is always about a range of motion, right? Like, yes, strengthening is good, but you got to know how to let go. And, and mm-hmm. that's oftentimes the cha- most challenging for most of my clients is sure. I, I don't actually know how to let go. Like, I don't know yeah. how to relax my pelvic floor. Right. And if you can't do that, then the muscle really can't strengthen, you know, through a full range of motion. It's only strengthening Mm -hmm. from the positions that you set for it, but really it's about going through the release and then the squeeze. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I I make sure that, you know, when I'm teaching, it's not, it's never just about the Kegel. It's Mm -hmm. right. The Kegel encompasses the reverse Kegel. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's always that, that balance between tension and, um, you know, stretch, right? Stretch and tightening. So I think that it's important for any muscle in the body. Yes, it's good to be strong, 
but it's also really good to know how to let go of your bicep, right? Oh, like you, exactly. you can't you can't have your bicep in a constant contraction, otherwise your arm is gonna just want to fall off, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so I think that's a really important um, you know thing that you bring to this community is is and really it's about being able to relax into uncomfortable sensations. And, you know, I've certainly held yoga poses in the past and like, it's, it's hard work and the muscles burn and they feel uncomfortable and learning to be present and mindful and breathing through that discomfort just for an extra minute to hold that extra minute longer. Mm -hmm. Um, builds not only body resilience, but I think mind, right? Mental resilience. Yeah, for sure. So in terms of benefits, you know, postpartum, I guess some of the benefits that you've already discussed, you know, prenatally about reconnecting with or like connecting to self is very much the same benefit for postpartum. Yes, absolutely. And one thing I haven't really touched on, but I think this plays even bigger part in the postpartum time is connection with each other. So we, we are very much a digital age and everything's online. Um, and I, I remember seeing a lot of classes in my community go away um, when Facebook became more popular, when there were all these groups. And now I think it's coming back where people want to get out of the house. They want to meet other people. They want to feel like what they're going through is normal and their child is normal and, um, you know, share a laugh. And um, it's, you know, Parenthood can be very isolating. You're at home with a baby that doesn't speak to you, and maybe you've had to completely change your lifestyle. So even just bringing parents together a couple times a week to share their experiences um, and and to talk and be open and know that they're in a community that is supporting them and that is non-judgmental. So um, that I think is a really important piece postnatally because we just want to know that what our we're experiencing is normal. And um, we, we know the rates of postpartum depression are 30% or higher. Um, and a lot of times that has to do with just feeling isolated and not having a support system. And a support system that you know, maybe involves other parents in your community, um, they can, a lot of these people become best friends through, through these classes, but that's never necessarily the goal. It's like just being able to get out of the house, come and, and be with other people that are going through the same stage of life is a massive part of uh, our postnatal classes. I think having a place where you can just talk about the challenges, um, you know, makes it, easier because you know others might say oh yeah I went through that you know the Mm -hmm. other day and like here's what I did and you know although it may not necessarily bring solutions per se like it may not change the fact that baby's not sleeping but there's something within you that changes when you can talk with somebody about how hard it is when baby isn't sleeping Right. Absolutely. I do, um, in all of my classes, I do um, an education piece or a chat um, on a different topic. And just a couple weeks ago, we did one on infant sleep, which is just me presenting some scientific information on what infant sleep looks like. And then 
it's, I call it a circle where we're just sharing, like what is working for you? What isn't working for you? And uh, a lot of times it's just validating what people are doing. So a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about infant sleep, I said, you know, it's okay to nurse your child to sleep, your, your infant to sleep. Um, and here's the science behind it. And a lot of people, parents, new parents are being told like, this is what you shouldn't do, and this is what you should do, despite what their intuition is saying, despite what they feel is right. And I had people come up to me after and said, wow, you saying that just makes me feel so much better about myself and what I'm doing as a parent. So just being able to kind of share and not feel judged, right? Having um, babies that sleep in your bed and not feeling like you can talk about that in an open class. But when you create an environment that is non-judgmental, then people can share that information and that helps others. So like, oh, I also let my children sleep in my bed. Now I don't feel like I'm doing something wrong. Um, right. And I think just that validation is really important for new parents. And um, I really let them know, like, your intuition is extremely powerful, so go with it. Like, go with what your heart is saying. It's There are no rights, and we know this with parenting. There's no right or wrong. You have to – everybody parents differently, um, and everyone should feel um, confident in, in the choices they make. And supported, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and if there is – if there are suggestions, it's nice to hear, you know, hey, this has worked for me. I don't know if it's going to work for you right. versus like, you should do this. Well, that works for you, but maybe my circumstances or my environment doesn't allow me to do it that way. So rather than making me feel bad mm -hmm. about the fact that I can't do it that way, even mm -hmm. if I might want to, right? It's really about, you know, being able to talk and then find some something that fits within like our personal environments. Right. And our baby's temperament. And I don't think that's mentioned enough, right? Like babies are born with little personalities. And uh, oftentimes what we thought we would do before they were born has to change because they need something different from us. And I always like to reiterate that if something is working for you, then that's great. Keep doing that. You don't have to change what you're doing just because someone else tells you it's, it's wrong, right? Exactly. Now you offer prenatal education classes as well. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what that, like what kinds of things do you cover in yeah. such a class? So right now I'm combining that with my yoga class on Tuesday evenings. We do an hour of yoga and then we stay for about 30 minutes and I do different topics each week and come with some literature, some links so people can sort of, you know, investigate the topics a little bit more on their own. So I cover everything from, you know, just learning the stages of labor, um, understanding what informed consent is, um, talking about, um, how to make decisions during your labor on, you know, taking um, maybe an epidural or looking at inductions and things like that. Talking about the fourth trimester, learning about skin to skin, breastfeeding, um, healing your own body after birth, um, infant sleep, of course, baby care, all kinds of things, uh, maternal mental health. So each week I come with a different topic depending on the group that's there we end up with some really great discussion. So I never want it just to be about me talking. You know, there's women in the class who have had children before who share their experiences. And I think sometimes it's really eye-opening because when you're going through pregnancy for the first time, you want to know everything. You want to research everything. Um, 
and sometimes you don't have the time to do that. So you start to put your trust in your caregiver and, and you know, assume that they're going to do everything in your best interest. So talking about what is informed consent and what does that mean for you and learning about other people who've maybe been mistreated during um, their labor experience is really eye-opening and it just gives women and the people that come to my class this ability to feel empowered and to know that I, I have rights and I can speak up for myself and there's more to this than just a healthy baby and me being healthy. There's, you know, the emotional side. I want to, I want to look back and know that I was um, supported and loved during my experience. So those are the topics we kind of cover. Um, I also do a workshop often, which is all about using yoga poses and breath work, meditation and affirmations during birth. Um, so a lot of times people will come with their partner and sort of show them some hands-on things and what to expect and, and how to move throughout your labor. Yeah, which are all really important um, things to know. Just even, you know, there are better ways to move and help baby come down and, and, and it's bonding with your partner, right? It helps. It kind of lets them feel like they have a part in this too. Um, and allows them to connect to the whole, um, to the whole experience. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, doula care. Mm. Um, Let's talk a little bit about what, you know, like what does that, what is that in your mind? Like how do you see and how do you describe, you know, doula services, you know, to somebody who may have never heard of it? Yeah. So um, there's different types of doulas. I'm a birth doula as well as a postpartum doula. So when it comes to birth, um, I'm sort of meeting with my clients, making sure they feel prepared for their birth, what they've envisioned, talking about, you know, the normal physiology of birth, what to expect, um, how different things can present themselves emotionally, um, and then tying in, if there is a partner, tying them in so that they are understanding as well. So I always say that I'm not just supporting the birthing person, but I'm also supporting the partner because they may not have experienced this before and every birth is different even if they have. So giving them some tools to um, support each other during the birthing process and then sort of tuning into what does the birthing person um, think they're going to enjoy during labor. So what are the things that bring them calm? What are the things that help them relax? And talking about their birthing space. What do they envision um, for that space? What do they want? Where are they going to be? Um, so all that preparation and then also talking about, you know, postnatally, how are you going to set up your home so that it's conducive to you resting and bonding with baby and establishing breastfeeding if that's your path. Um, so preparing them for that journey and then during their birth, um, being by their side. So once they feel like they can no longer sleep or rest, um, being there to do hands-on support physically, but a lot of it's also reminding them of what stage of labor they're in and all those things we talked about, right? About the breath work and the, um, the moment being temporary um, when it comes to pushing, you know, really um, sort of coaching, like I said earlier, like coaching them through that process um, and then supporting them uh, postnatally with uh, 
breastfeeding and doing skin to skin and answering questions. Like there's, when you're a new parent or even a second time parent, there's all kinds of questions that are sort of left to Google. Um, so I get lots of text messages and is this normal and what should I do about this and how do I get my baby to sleep and all these things. So um, a lot of validating. Um, all evidence-based support, so I'm sending them, you know, research papers and information, um, and then letting them make their own choices. So I support my clients in whatever choices they make during uh, labor, birth, and postnatally, but giving them the information that they need to make those choices. So a lot of times, we're only given pieces of information, and then we're left to kind of sort of figure that out. So um, like I said, I support them in whatever they decide. And, uh, and then sometimes I'll stay on as a postnatal doula or sometimes people hire me just for postnatal. So that can look like anything that the parents need. Sometimes I go into a home and I care for the baby while mom sleeps catches up on some sleep, or um, maybe I am taking care of baby while I fold laundry or prep some meals so that the times of day when parents feel overwhelmed, everything's sort of done for them. So they can just grab that spaghetti sauce that I made, um, you know, pop it in the oven, or um, you don't have to, at bedtime, once baby's down, you know, fold two loads of laundry, the laundry's already folded. So kind of creating that sense of peace and calm in the home afterwards. And, and that could be also, you know, caring for maybe older children in the home. Um, but everything's done with the parents close by. So I'm not necessarily babysitting or doing nanny work, but um, just providing that support and letting mom rest and bond with baby. Um, and just doing what she needs to do. Maybe it's just a shower and blowing her hair dry, right? So <laughs> sometimes it's just the little things that really kind of make you feel great. Yeah, and, and that's just it, right? When you're just 100% focused on baby, it's like, I don't even remember the last time I, you know, put makeup on or, yeah. you, know, you know, got my nails done or did my nails or, yeah. you know, whatever it happens to be. Um, and, and at that point, sometimes it's just like the little things that make the world of difference to make you kind of feel like you're a normal person and that you're a person as well um, right. that isn't, you know, tied to you know, this newborn, right? Because, uh, you know, there are a lot of work, but um, we still need like those little moments, those little breaks, like, God, I remember just wanting to sit and be able to drink a cup of coffee without it right. getting cold. Exactly. <laughs> or read a book, right? Or yeah. check your email, whatever, like, um, whatever it is for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you were talking about, you know, um, informed, consent. And I think that's, um, I, I think discussions around what that is, um, is really, really important. Like, it, you know, leading into, um, labor and labor and delivery. Cause a lot of people will say, well, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that, or don't get this needle or don't do that. Mm -hmm. Right. I think it's important for people to understand the benefits and the risks of different, you know, different procedures so that in, you know, in advance, you kind of have an idea, okay, well, right. if this happens, I know I need to do this and this is, you know, the risk benefit. Um, but I also assume that you're also present there 
like you are having a discussion to be an advocate because sometimes when you're in the middle of like going through that intense contraction and things are kind of just happening around you, mm-hmm. um, if you don't know, it's hard to, you know, like it's hard to speak up, right? Right. Yeah. So I never speak on behalf of my clients, but we can kind of come together and have a moment where, okay, they're suggesting this. Do you understand what that means? You know, here are some of the benefits. Here are the risks. Here are the alternatives. If you want to, you can ask for more time or you can ask for something different. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of letting them know, spending more time, because a lot of times in our healthcare system, the people that are supporting us really don't have the time because they have other tasks they have to accomplish. So my role is to be with the birthing person you know, throughout their, their birth. So I don't have other things I have to go off and do. Um, so I can spend that time with them and then they make the choice that they are comfortable with based on that information. Thank you for clarifying that. That's what I was thinking, but it may not have come out that way, but I, I meant, you know, you're sort of there to help make sure that, you know, the information is getting, getting through. Exactly. So that yeah. decisions can be made in a way that, that person feels like somebody took the time and the care yeah. to make sure that, you know, it's not going in sort of one ear, you know, out the other. And, and of exactly. course for the partner as well, who may not know what any of this sort of is and it's not their body, they're not experiencing it. So they're like, I don't, I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell right. you. Um, so it's always nice if you have somebody there kind of supporting you um, in that, in that way. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything else um, that you think is important for people to know about either yoga or doulas that we sort of haven't already discussed? Um, Well, I would say that if there are any yoga teachers listening or even birth professionals um, that are interested in learning more about prenatal yoga and how they can support people through pregnancy and postnatally with yoga tools. Um, I created a training that I do with a partner uh, who is also a doula. And we offer this training. We're, We're expanding. We're trying to reach more communities because a lot of times these types of trainings are only offered in big city centers like Toronto and Vancouver. So we are traveling to smaller communities to really empower not just yoga teachers, but maybe therapists, maybe other doulas, maybe labor and delivery nurses to use all these tools that you and I have been discussing with regards to breath work and meditation and mantra um, and understanding how to support women. Um, So that company is called True North Prenatal Yoga Training. Um, And uh, we want to reach as many communities as we can. We think there's definitely gaps in more of the rural communities or northern communities, even indigenous communities. So we are on this journey to um, to head out and, and to reach these um, even out of province. So uh, if there's anyone listening that's interested in that, they can definitely find more information on my website. And I, get, I would say in terms of um, my doula work is that I really would love to see um, 
doulas become more popular? I mean, it's, a, it's, it's an old model. This is a tradition of supporting um, women and birthing people in labor um, by someone that's not necessarily focused on the medical tasks and really addressing the emotional part and, and the encouragement. So this is not anything new, but um, it sort of has left our culture for a period of time, maybe coming back a little bit. Um, I think sometimes people think that it's um, unaffordable or it's not for them or that the doula is going to take the place of their partner or that they don't need one because they have a partner. Um, and I'd like to sort of demystify that and let people know that um, we're not trying to replace partners. We're trying to support both. Um, many doulas like myself, we offer our rates on a sliding scale. Um, I've bartered with people in the past on an energy exchange. So I really feel that if there are people out there that are curious or interested in doula services, just to reach out because you never know, right? You never know. Maybe a doula has availability and can work with you. Um, but it is really worth the investment. Um, my clients are always so grateful after and constantly say, I could not do this without you. Now, I know that they could, but I feel um, very honored and privileged to be a part of their journey. But um, I'd say if people are just the least bit curious to uh, investigate a little bit more or reach out to get some more information. Absolutely. Now the training and um, the courses that you were sort of talking about is that's an in-person training. It's not an online. Yes, that's right. So um, again, I think it comes back to how I feel about connection. So um, we've discussed online, who knows, maybe in the future we will venture out in that, but it's so wonderful when we bring a group of people together who have all these different backgrounds. We learn so much from each other. We can share so much. And I think sometimes in online training that's missed. So um, right now that's the path that we're on and it's always a learning experience for all of us, including um, my business partner and myself, um, because we have people come with all these different experiences to share and backgrounds. Um, so at the moment it's only in person, but we have, we have a couple locations. We have one coming up in Vaughan, Ontario. Um, we're looking at London in the new year. Um, hopefully we can make Thunder Bay work. So we're trying to look at communities that it's, they can't easily maybe get to a big city or it's not affordable for them to do that. Um, and we really want to see people that are offering not just prenatal yoga classes, but those little communities of support, like I mentioned, where there's informational support um, and just that connection um, face to face. That's, that's amazing. I think it's very worthwhile and I think it's an amazing vision to um, get people back to uh, supporting and empowering women in this very important journey that we go through, uh, bringing babies to this, to this world. Now this course, um, is it just like doula and yoga and like nurses or is it uh, help any pretend, like I'm just thinking physio? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think even personal trainers, um, anyone that's interested in working with prenatal women um, and expanding that vision of, you know, where can we use these tools? I mean, the obvious option is in a yoga class, but um, 
that's not the only place we've had, you know, counselors come to us and say, you know, when I'm working one-on-one -on -one with the client, I want to give them some tools to help calm their nervous system, to, mm -hmm. to make them understand that they're intuitive and they're strong. And, and so, you know, the sky's the limit with this. And, and we want to see people that really can take these tools and, and just do whatever they want with them. So I teach yoga classes, but I don't expect everyone to, to necessarily want to do that. But there are lots of different ways. And we've seen some really interesting ways of using the training in the past. And, and we hope to just reach more and more in the future. Amazing. Well, this is a definitely a hope um, a good platform to yes. to get you know help spread the word, and certainly we'll try to get the attention of anybody who uh, you know um, may potentially be interested in that. Mm -hmm. Now, if people are interested in your yoga class, your prenatal yoga class, uh, your doula services, uh, or just interested in you. Yeah, where, where, or, rugby. <laughs> or rugby, um, you know, where can they find you? Uh, probably the easiest way is through my website, which is AngelaJacksonLife.com. Uh, Instagram, I'm fairly active. I, again, so I think the theme here is connection because I do post on social media, but I'm not posting every day or multiple times a day, but um, my information is all there. My account is Yogini Dula. Um, but I really sort of drop little tidbits of information in the hopes that people will then say, I want to go to her class or I want to spend time with her because that's to me where the, you know, the magic happens, the, the sharing happens. Um, so those are probably the two best places. Excellent. And for our listeners, in case you're worried about spelling and or just want an easy way to access, we will put those uh, handles uh, in the show notes. So it makes it easy just to click and uh, get connected, at least <laughs> virtually at first, and then hopefully yes. in person second. Um, Angela, I, I want to thank you so much for sharing your information, your wisdom and your approach, because, you know, everybody's going to approach things differently. And I love to hear um, how different people see and apply both science and movement and compassion and care, how they, how they intertwine that into their own little recipe. It's, it's really nice to hear about your recipe. Thank you. Well, thank you for allowing me to do this and for creating this podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. And of course, uh, we want to thank our listeners for uh, tuning in. So if you happen to know any professionals, obviously share this podcast with them. But certainly if you know any ladies who recently got pregnant are pregnant or about to give birth, it's never too late. Maybe they're brand new moms. It's still not too late because clearly there's postpartum services. Please do share with them because you never know what kind of favor you might be doing for somebody who might be struggling, uh, who might be in need and may not be saying anything. So sharing the information is always a good place to start. And of course, if you're enjoying our podcast, make sure to subscribe so you stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes. But I'm going to say bye for now. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Living a Better Life podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our show to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes. We would also love to hear your comments, suggestions, and reviews. Thanks again. Until the next episode. Bye for now.